getting the kingdom, understanding the kingdom, is one of those great pieces of our Christian worldview that needs to be there for each one of us. And that's why we're focused on the kingdom uh, for this period of time as a theme. I was thinking about this. It's kind of like this. Like tonight, there is a, for some of us, meaningful hockey game. Okay? Uh, Is Larry in here right now? I don't see Larry right now. Larry was handing out, uh, he was handing out the bulletins earlier, and he's got a jersey on. Okay? And he's doing that because tonight is different. I've never seen Larry come here with a jersey before. But why is he here today with a jersey on? Because something is different about this series of games. And what's different is what? Tell tell me what's the difference between, say, three weeks ago and now. What's the difference in the games? It's playoffs. It's for the Stanley Cup. 34 and a half pounds of Stanley Cup is on the line. And so everything has changed. We could say that the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's a game changer when it comes to to hockey. Things are different. And I think the same thing about the kingdom of God. The, The kingdom of God imposes itself on the church in a way that changes everything. Like once you get the kingdom, the game of life does not look the same. It changes everything about life. And so we've done some things to try recently to try and bring up the kingdom and focus on it in such a way that's beneficial. Like, for example, we've defined it. The presence of the reign or rule of God over and in the world brought by Jesus and seen most clearly in the gospels and church's impact and influence. That's what I think is a reasonable definition of the kingdom. And notice that it takes it out of the realm of being a place It's not a group of people. Instead, there is a dynamic here. There's something present and powerful moving about the kingdom of God. It's kind of like this. If we were to find an earthquake, if I said to you, what is an earthquake? Most of us, instead of saying, well, it's the movement of tectonic plates below the earth's crust, and moved at such a magnitude that it causes great shaking of our world above, most of us would just focus on the shaking. And so if I said, what's an earthquake? They would say, well, it's where all of a sudden the earth is moving underneath your feet and everything is falling off the walls and you can't walk right. Okay? And so someone says, well, it's like drunkenness then. No, it's different than that. An earthquake is something dynamic and powerful and moving and forceful. The kingdom of God is not like a walled city, a realm or a place to which we might go. The kingdom of God is more like an earthquake, a powerful movement of God in our world. And so it's defined that way as being dynamic. Also, we've said that God is our king. The Father, Son, and Spirit are all active, carrying out certain roles in the kingdom, functioning together as the dynamic ruling king over all the universe. So we had a lesson on our Trinitarian God. And people said, are we just talking about the Trinity? No, we're talking about the kingdom. We're talking about the fact that all three persons within God are present within this dynamic force moving in our world, and they have different roles. And so the Son comes, bringing His influence and His power. The Spirit is here, powerfully impacting things in our world. So we've defined it. We've talked a bit about God as our King. 
We also talked about the relationship of Jesus to the kingdom. Preaching about and acting to bring in the influence of the kingdom was at the center of his earthly ministry, and I would say even more than the forgiveness of sins. Do you know that Jesus talked about the kingdom? I, I'm just going to throw out a number here. This is off the top of my head, so don't go research it and then say, oh, you missed it, okay? But I'm going to guess that Jesus talked about the kingdom 10 times more than he talked about the forgiveness of sin on the cross. 10 times more. Maybe more than that. It's amazing how much the kingdom is right at the center of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And if it's the center of the ministry of Jesus, you'd think that it would somehow be at the center of what we're doing as well. And then, finally, we had a role, or we have a role. And that is to help change our world through our involvement in the efforts of the king to change our world. And I think God, through his kingdom, is about changing our world. That's why we put these leaves up. Because we said on that first day when we introduced the theme of the kingdom, there are things that we want to see change through the influence of the kingdom in our world. And we have a chance to influence them. And so we wrote things on the back of leaves saying, this is how we expect and are anticipating and working toward the kingdom of God working in our lives. And so ultimately there's a kind of question that comes out of our look at the kingdom. And that question is, what are you doing to help change the world for the better? Because that's what the kingdom is about. God wants to see the world, and through individuals' lives, God wants to see things changed for the better. So again, the question is, what was on the back of your leaf? And are you doing something about that today in response to the kingdom? Well, today we have another aspect of the kingdom that we want to focus on. And it has to do with this idea that the kingdom is both present now in all of its influence and yet still is very much coming. It's here and it's not yet. And we have a little dramatic presentation that conveys especially the aspect of this kingdom as coming. And here's what I want you to do as, as you watch this. I want you to watch for the feelings and the attitudes, the feelings and the attitudes that are reflected in the coming of the kingdom. So I said to you, why don't we uh, focus on attitudes and feelings that she, gets, that she expresses here? Tell me about those, church. What did you see portrayed in terms of attitudes and feelings in response to the, to the coming king and to the coming kingdom? Tell me. Passion, for sure. Longing. Excitement. Yeah, definitely a feeling of, of excitement about it. Mark? Joy, for sure. Hope. A great deal of hope. Confidence. Okay. Love. Urgency, yeah, for sure. Yeah, all these things were expressed there. And I think all these things are somehow expressed in Scripture too when it comes to the notion of anticipating the king. I hope that you can see that, that in a presentation like this, there is indeed excitement and joy and hope. 
And that something happens to us emotionally and even attitudinally when we reflect on and think about the coming king. We're not going to be exactly the same. Again, it's like anticipating tonight's game. It's in the playoffs. And so this is not normal stuff. We start getting goosebumps maybe even when we think about the game tonight or when we hear that those opening notes of the the pre-game tunes on the television and then if you're like me then you have your grandson who sends you a little video that's about five seconds long that came really from his grandfather who's a big canucks fan or not his grandfather but his father and his father sends me this little clip that just says it's my three-year-old grandson and he just says he goes the Canucks won four to one. Yes. And that's all there is. And then his father or his grandfather begins to feel something emotional and attitudinal in response to that. Okay. Thinking, what is my son thinking? So these things impact us for sure. And we are moved by the anticipation of what God is doing. Let me, let me read this passage from Matthew chapter 25. Turn there in your Bibles if you want to. I'm going to read the first a uh, few verses of Matthew 25. And, and these, this story reflects a certain attitude, a certain mindset when it comes to anticipating the coming of the king and the bridegroom. And, and you just have to remember that we are the bride of Christ. It says, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps and the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived and the virgins were ready, went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. And the last line says, therefore, keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. And there is a certain expectancy that needs to be ours when it comes to thinking about the kingdom. How does all of this impact our lives even now as we think about what it means to be the bride of Christ? Why did the bridegroom get visited or was he anticipated by the virgins the way that he was? They were excited about his coming. And we're the bride of Christ who anticipates the coming of the king. Well, of course, the impact of the kingdom is bigger than just emotional expectation and anticipation of something that's coming. Because the fact is, the kingdom is also here. And I was thinking about this in relation specifically to pregnancy because I had a vision of Kerry Clark in my mind and it's a vision you cannot dispel. I told her two weeks ago, I said, Kerry, you know, when you're pregnant, you're absolutely beautiful. And I, it's true. But there are things about Carrie's life that because she is pregnant again and now in her third trimester, 
There are things completely different now, not just because of the expectation that a baby is coming, but because of the reality that a baby is already here. Have you noticed? The baby is already, in some sense, present. And because of that, everything for Carrie and Jordan have changed. Like, I'm guessing that they talk about this all the time. It's probably their major conversation. Every time he comes home, she's saying, here's how I feel right now. They have been making plans. They have been getting ready. And I guarantee you that the number one thing on Carrie Clark's mind right now, beyond all else, nothing else even comes close, is not just the coming of this baby, but the presence of this baby. And so she senses it. She feels it. I'm guessing you can feel it kick at times. Maybe right now. That all happens because there is, in fact, a baby that's already present, not just anticipated. And so there are all these changes that have taken place. There are new decisions that have to be made because of the baby's presence. Maybe she eats differently. Maybe she sleeps differently. And so father and mother have completely changed because of the presence of the baby that is there. And it's not just them, but there's an impact on others. And so there are grandparents who could be even within the hearing of my voice this morning, whose lives are being drastically changed because not just of the coming of a baby, but the presence of a baby. And they too are making plans. Their lives are being changed. And so for the mother, there's changes. For the father, there's changes. Everyone is responding to a baby that is in fact now present, even while the baby is still coming. And I think that's the way the kingdom is. The kingdom is both still coming even as the kingdom is already here. And so God's people have to respond to the presence of the kingdom just like a mother has to respond to the presence of a baby that is not yet born. You can't ignore the coming and presence of the kingdom any more than you can ignore the presence of a baby in the womb. And so our attitude in life, and in fact in facing death, should reflect the joy and anticipation of the coming of the king, just the way the parents anticipate the coming of a baby. And then we act now, because the kingdom is a reality now, even while still coming. Jesus said he had brought the kingdom with him. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. The baby hasn't been fully revealed but the kingdom is already here just the way the baby is having impact and changing things. So you might get tired of me reading scriptures like this one, but it reflects so much the presence of the kingdom. Jesus is in uh, the synagogue, has a chance to read, and he says in response to what he's reading, or I should say as he reads, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And as the story goes on, it says that Jesus says to them, this scripture is now fulfilled in your hearing. And so when Jesus says that these things are true, 
He's saying they're true now. The kingdom is present in his presence now. And there's already good news for the poor. There's already a freedom for the prisoners, a recovery of sight for the blind. It's taking place in the ministry of Jesus. And so we live and think differently because the kingdom has shown itself. Jesus brought it with him. And what he did in the kingdom, we do now in the name of the king. We begin acting in the world in a way that represents the king, which reveals the kingdom. So, do you know today someone who hurts? Is there anybody you know who hurts? Be there for them as a kingdom act. Do you know someone who needs a friend? And I would say befriend them in the name of Jesus as a kingdom act. Do you know someone who has earthly needs? Meet those needs in the name of the king who is here. Do you know someone who needs to receive the grace of Christ? Share it with him or her. Because the kingdom has come and potentially has changed everything about their existence. And that's the point. Everything has the capacity to be changed because of the presence of of the king, and then even more in the presence of his future coming, which changes our attitudes and our perspective about everything. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned this group of teenagers that hangs around out back. And again, they they come all the time. And I keep thinking about, uh, you know, how we're going to impact them. And it's interesting, several of you have come to me and said, what can we do for these kids? And, uh, and it was interesting, too, uh, Earl and Kathy, do you know uh, Kathy Cutting, uh, married Earl, and they now live in Montana. I, I'm living in their old house, in Kathy's old house. They were here this morning in the first service, and I, I kind of mentioned this story about these kids that are out back, and we're trying to have an influence on them, and what can we do for these kids? And several of you have come to me and said, oh, you know, what can we do? You know, maybe we should do this. Earl had a great idea, and he, and he described to me how his church in Missoula is doing something with the high school kids in their area. The, the, the church building's right across the street from the high school, and then there's a park right around the corner from, the, from both the church and the high school. And these kids are always hanging around out there and, you know, kind of doing what kids do. And so the church decided that in order to minister to these kids, they'd start doing something with them. And so they started taking, they were always hanging out there at lunch, so they started taking them food. And when the weather got bad, the church invited those kids to come in and eat in the church building. And those kids have now given it a name. It's called for them a Jesus lunch. So the kids from the high school go to the park and then they come into the church building on bad days and they have a Jesus lunch. And you know what's happening, don't you? The kingdom is being made present to those kids Because that's what Jesus wants us to do, is make present the kingdom to those kids. And so I'm thinking about, when Earl was mentioning this, I was thinking, of course. These kids here, and they start hanging out back and doing something, I should invite them in. They don't have to just go to Tim Hortons and bring their coffee here or something. I can make them coffee. Or I can give them some food. I can get to know them and build relationships with them. And I think that's exactly what the kingdom is all about. And... So the kingdom is present. 
And we live it out as God wants us to, doing things in our community, in our world, in the name of the King, because He's present. And then there's always this hope of its complete fulfillment that is still to come. And that impacts us as well and drives so much that we do as a church. So the kingdom is exciting stuff. It's real at the same time that it's expected. And its impact is changing potentially our world as the kingdom works and changes us. Let's pray. Lord, I want very much for you to work in our lives for the kingdom to become real to us. For us to sense not just that it's coming, but that it's present, that it's here now, and its impact is felt. And help us to respond as your bride to the coming of the King, both present now and in anticipation. Work among us, change us, that we might help transform the world. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen.